All right. We are live. Good evening, everybody. This is episode 12 of The Running Mullet. It might look a little different to you right now because there's no grace here yet. Apparently, she's stuck in traffic in, I believe, Texas. So I don't know. She needs to, uh, what's the saying go? Uh, save a horse, ride a cowboy? Uh, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, Grace is going to be joining us as soon as she can, which is hopefully within the next 10, 20 minutes. But in the meantime, we're going to have Marisa and John Johnson just join in anytime they want to talk about anything and everything um, that's happened this past week and who they are. So without further ado, we are going to start the show. I got to do my little rhyming scheme. And this week it's I'm compelled to delve into episode 12. Let's go. I'm Eric Idiot Runner Kosek. And I'm Grace Hot Pants Langheim. Eric is all business in the front of the pack, and I am all about the party in the back. That's right. Business up front and party in the back. Together, we are the Running Mullet. And we are going to talk about every aspect of running, the podium to the DNF and everything in between. If you are a runner, this show is for you. Now sit back, get out your foam roller, and enjoy the party. All right. Welcome, guys and girls. Thank you for being here. I mean, you guys. Thank you. Thank you <laughs> yeah. for having I'm, I'm grateful to be here. Yeah. All right. Um, Marisa Kovac. Okay. I got that right. All right. Okay. And the legendary John Johnson. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for joining. I think, I think all three of us can agree we all had a pretty busy weekend in one way or another. Um, John, I want to talk to you in a little bit about um, who you are, how you got into running, what you do, why you do it and where you're headed from here. And Marisa, I, I wanted you to come on because we just ran Mass and Nutton 100 together. Not together, different races, <laughs> but not together. <laughs> uh, ran the same race this past weekend and we both finished. And I'm pretty sure we probably have very different stories of, of the experience and how the race went. And that's, that's the reason why we have this show and it's a beautiful thing. So welcome. I'm not sure... I'm not sure how our paths crossed. Can you tell me that? Um, I, I've known your name, just like most trail runners in Pennsylvania. Uh, I do think um, it just, I know I saw you at Hills Creek running right. <laughs> like three weeks ago or however, however long that ago that was, but I've known who you, you are for quite some time. Um, and I mean, you kind of stand out there kind of like wrote it as. You guys, even it was interesting, even at uh, Massanut and there was a woman in front of me and she was with, I ran with Sam and Rhoda for a little bit, not not quite long enough, um, but she, there was another woman that was running with the three of us and she looked back at me at one point in time after Rhoda and Sam had passed us and she goes, those two girls just like took off, huh? And I was like, yeah, this is Rhoda and Sam. And she looked back and she was like, that was Rhoda Smoker. And I was like, yeah, I mean, she's, you know, pe people know you guys, so. I've known who you are for quite some time. 
Yeah, but it's it's funny a story like that because it's the same. It's same the same goes for me and John Johnson. You know, it's just like we're all we all do the same thing, but we have we uh, at least for me, I I put I put a lot of people up on pedestals um, mm-hmm. because I look up to them and respect them. But the bottom line is we're all we're all just the same thing doing doing the same thing. Who cares what the times are? You know right, what, right. what we finish. Yeah. Um, I want to. I do want to talk about my race a little bit, um, but I, I, like I said, I think our our experiences were probably a, a lot different. And you are your your experience was a lot more badass, in my opinion, because you went down there solo, which is, I mean, everything solo, right? So you you went down by yourself and just used the aid stations for the full hundred miles without having any crew, basically not knowing anybody, right? Well, I. Yes, that's correct. But it's not the first um, solo race I've done. So I I did Beast of the East, which is in North Carolina. I did that in December. And from that experience, I learned as long as you um, pack your drop bags correctly, you're going to be okay. And I I had read it. I had gotten um, past experiences from Massanutten and I read through the participant guide pretty thoroughly. So I knew that the A stations were going to be just jam packed with everything that that you needed, and they were they were amazing. Um, and I knew from from Beast of the East what I needed at at each certain spot for me in particular. So I had done that going down, so I wasn't really nervous about that. And I knew that Ben was going to be there, <laughs> and he he was actually at Beast of the East, and I I had no idea he was going to be down there. And just to see him at an A station, uh, he just like lights it up whenever you're coming in. And that, no matter where you are, no matter if you're coming in at mile 13 of a 100-mile race or you're coming in at mile 96 of a 100-mile race, to see him just shouting your name and and being excited really lifts your spirits. So I was down there solo, yes and no. You know, are you ever really solo in the ultra running world? You know, it's everybody's there to support everybody else. Everybody just kind of wants to see everybody succeed. So I wasn't nervous about that at all. I didn't, I knew some of, I knew Sam was going to be there because we had run a training run together not that long ago. And she had mentioned she would be there. I didn't know you were going to be there. I didn't know Rhoda was going to be there or um, Patrick, who I just met this past weekend. Um, So it was great to see some familiar faces. Yeah, it was. I agree. I mean, all those people that you just mentioned are the ones that I knew running it also. And it's it's funny you mentioned Ben because he he screamed my name at the top of his lungs at the first aid station that they were at, and uh, boy, it lifted my spirit. Yeah. He's such an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's I don't know. For me, I've never ran a race such as uh, long as a hundred miles without having a crew yet, and I don't know. For me, I just I I look forward to seeing those familiar. Like you're saying, you there's people you knew, but. I like having that carrot out there knowing, yeah. okay, so every, every aid station, I'm going to see my wife or whoever it may be. Right. Well, I agree completely. And I'm, I'm pretty new to trail running. Um, but my husband is usually my one man crew. And the first year I did Eastern States at 21, I DNF, but he, every, every time I knew I was coming up to a crew accessible aid station and I was going to see him, see him, that is literally what got me through. And then when I finished this past summer or last summer in 2022, he was there, you know, up until slate run. And he was like, I need to go to bed. And I was like, okay, see ya. But just what you just said, like 
pushing what got me through the, the sections between each a station was knowing I was going to see his face and, and get a hug from him. And it wasn't what he was going to provide for me. It was what, in terms of like material things like, like electrolytes or rubbing Vaseline all over me. It was just the fact of just seeing him. Um, yeah. But he, you know, it's a lot to ask of somebody to crew a 100 mile race. And he's the only one that goes out there. So he has to calculate and we usually bring our dog. So he has to calculate like taking care of the dog and making sure everything's ready for me. And it's just exhausting. So, and we have two young girls, so yeah, you can't be at every race. And I guess nope. I totally understand. I mean, I was, I was kind of Facebook stalking you just today and you know, I, I, I noticed you had the two young girls and a husband. So our, I feel like we're very similar. We might not be, we might be in different stages of our running uh, career or whatever you want to call it, but uh, the struggles are probably very much the same. And that's kind of what, what I wanted to get into a little bit, but before I do that, why don't you go, why don't you talk about when you did start running and where, where you are at right now and, and maybe what's ahead? Um, yeah, sure. So I, I did not grow up running. I was a pretty highly competitive gymnast growing up. Um, and in gymnastics, literally like the day you turn 18, your body is just, hey, dumbass, like you're done with this sport. You know, it's just very, very hard on your body. Um, so I stopped, when I stopped gymnastics, running sort of filled that void for me. Um, but it wasn't, I joined the Marine Corps in 2006 and that's literally what lit the fire. And uh, I remember just showing up to every PT and like outrunning every guy that was in my shop. And that just, that trend just continued. And it, it gained me a lot of respect throughout my Marine Corps career. Um, so after I got out, I started taking it pretty seriously. And I was living in San Diego and I ran my first marathon in 2014 and it was a shit show. <laughs> like I feel most people's first marathons, marathons are like that. But it was after that experience that I was like, hey, you need to adjust some things because you could have a future here. So um, I ran roads for, for quite a long time. And then when COVID hit, I was trying to qualify for Boston. And every qualifying race that I had registered for was being canceled. So I started looking around and the only thing that was open were ultra races. So I and I'm sad Grace isn't here because she would know this area. Um, I signed up for... My first ultra, it was a 40 miler in Cadora State Park, which is in New York. Um, and it's a loop. It was like a, they had to adjust it. So because of COVID. So it was like a 5.7 mile loop that you ran. I don't, I don't know how many ever times that equals 40. Right. And it was, it was perfect for my first ultra. Cause I could go to my, I didn't, I didn't have a crew. I could go to my car at every loop and get what I needed and kind of, if I wanted to stop, I could just go home. You know, I, I never wanted to stop, but I ended up winning and it kind of just accelerated after that. And I fell in love and uh, we live in Mount Gretna. So I have access to great trail systems out here. And it's just the thing of it. I just love being out there. Like I'm usually running alone. The, the kind of um, support you guys have in North Central PA, it's not really like that for me here in Lebanon. I don't have that that excitement when it comes to trail running, but it, it, to me, that doesn't matter. Like I just go out there to, to be out there. Um, so yeah, after Cadora state park, the, it was called trails for tails. Um, I won it two years in a row and then I started sort of branching out and that's kind of when I fell upon PA trail dogs. Um, but my first major race up there was Eastern States. 
and I failed miserably. You know, I DNF'd that first year. I, I turned in my bib at mile at slate run, um, and because I had gone off course, and I remember like things going through my head, like you're gonna get lost in the in the Pennsylvania Grand Canyon, and nobody's ever gonna find you, or you're gonna get eaten by a bear, like completely irrational things, you know. But I had made up my mind right at that moment after I I went off course, and I went like a half mile off course that uh that i was done you know and then when i finally turned around and, and i got to slate run the a station they were amazing like they tried everything to get me back out there like you're so far ahead of cutoff time you could literally like go sleep in your car for four hours and then come back out and finish and i'm like streaming tears like no i'm done i'm done but then uh you know i had to come back i had to come back and that's i fell in love with that race and I, there's a really special place in my heart for uh little pine state park not just because of that race, but I take I take the family there to go camping, and there's just something special about that area. Like it's just mysterious and and beautiful to me. So. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, I have a I grew up over there. We a family has a cabin over that area, Slate Run area, Blackwell area. But mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, and I don't live that far from it, but it's still a different world over there. Like you feel like when you enter it, you're you're some I don't know some special place, like you said. Yeah, it's like home. Uh, you yeah. know, I, mean, I didn't know about the Pennsylvania Wilds growing up, but I, I'm determined to make my girls know that it exists because it's it's world class trails right here in our backyard. And I do everything to take advantage of that. Right. Well, one of the things one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is because your comment about from the race about every time you came into an aid station or the the what was it the race director or somebody yeah. every time they saw you were smiling right yeah and every single picture i can find of you i've <laughs> never i've never seen you not smiling it's it's quite phenomenal i need like i i need to learn from you <laughs> i i try i tell everybody when when they're running athletes i i coach and everybody it's like i always say it just don't forget to smile it helps you even if you don't want to smile smile you know, it's, it's just good for the soul. It's good for everybody else. It, it'll get you out of a funk, but, and you smiled this whole race of mass and 100 this past weekend. I did not smile <laughs> and I don't want, I don't want to spend much time on myself, but I do want to, I, I kind of, yeah, I wind you on to kind of compare our, what our experiences from mass and nothing and uh, just to hear a little bit of what you thought and what you had to say. So quick, quick backstory for me and Grace knows a little of it, but I went into this race in my eyes as a, I'm a competitive runner. I'm never, I'm not great, but I like to compete and I like to do the best I can. So, but I went into this race very undertrained in my eyes. Okay. I would, I was putting in four to six miles a day max for several weeks leading up to it. No giant big runs that made me feel a big confidence boost or anything like that, like that, no real elevation gain. And I was okay with it. It was all due to family stuff and springtime activities and stuff that I just, I have to put it running on a back burner to, but I went into it. I'm, and knowing that there's a chance, uh, there's a chance the legs are still there and you know, I might be surprised. Right. So my, my first 10 to 15 miles, I felt good. I was, I was holding about third or fourth place. I was by myself running my own race, which is hard to do a lot of the times. Um, didn't go out too fast. And 
all of a sudden just everything in my my legs and my body just drained and when i say drained it's not just tired legs i had no run left i mm. i was walking and eventually not eventually very soon the people everybody behind me just starts passing me and passing me and in my head i'm saying okay this is fine this is what i'm here for i knew this might happen and it's still a good training run, I guess, and and that's okay. But from mile fifteen to aid station mile thirty eight was a disaster. Uh, the last, I, I mean, I was moving very slow. No downhill, no uphill, no flat. So to me, it's like, okay, I knew this was going to happen. What's and so the devil starts talking to me. It's like, well, what's the point in walking 60 more miles when I knew there's a chance this was going to happen? I'm not that type of, I'm not that type of runner. I know what it's like. To, like it's not my first hundred. I'm not doing it to complete the hundred. I have in my head and my heart. I have to. If I'm not doing as good as I think I'm doing, I'm kind of failing. As horrible as that sounds. So I was. I came into mile 38 aid station content on DNFing and I was happy with it. I had no, in my, in my head, I had no right to be there. And I knew that going into it. I, I really, it's this one that just snuck up on me and I had other stuff going on and it was a training run. Even it sounds silly, but this hundred miler is a training run for another one in a month and a half and then culminating for a 200 in September. So, I wasn't racing it to, to compete. I was racing it to train for, to get mentally and physically stronger. Mm -hmm. Um, and I felt like, well, 38 to 40 miles was a good day on the trails, but anyway, and this is all just as quick as I can get through it. But I met my wife and she did what she does. And she, she pretty much said, you're not, you can't do that. You're not doing that. So I thought this has happened before. Anybody that knows me, I sat in a chair for about 40 minutes arguing with her, pleading with her, trying to explain why this is different than the last time, because it, it was, it was different. Okay. It wasn't, <laughs> it, it wasn't, it was, this wasn't a low, John, this was not a low. There was, this was like, okay, this is why we're supposed to train. Okay. Um, and this is what it feels like when you don't train. I'm, I'm dumb. It's like, I, I shouldn't be here. That's it. I'm good. I'm happy. And finally, she, she pretty much says it's, it's mile 38. You're in, you're in the front third of the, of the pack still. And I, I real quick, I argue, I said, but yeah, but the whole pack is catching me. Like as I move forward, everybody's catching me at this point. It just happens to be, I started out faster. Now they're all catching up and not just a couple. It was slow anyway. So I finally told myself it was 16 miles till I saw her again. And I, I said, I, I said, the only reason I'm, I'm getting up from this chair is because I know it's it's stupid to DNF at mile 38 of a hundred miler. You know, it's, if it was my, if it was a hundred K in 50 miles in, come on, let, let's face it. That sound, that's, that's a little more. Okay. In my, at least in my opinion, mm -hmm. but 38 was just a joke. I would probably would have been the first. It's not a joke. I shouldn't use that word, but I, I probably, I'm pretty sure I probably would have been the first one to DNF that day, which I was fine with. But either way, I knew I had, it was like, let's say noon. So I knew I had eight hours of daylight. I figured, well, I might as well just go walk and enjoy the trail for till mile 55 or whatever it was. Um, I took some ibuprofen and several miles later down the trail, I don't know. 
I don't know. Things things start things worked again. It's I don't understand it. It's it wasn't a low. It was not a low. It was something not something off. I don't know. Maybe my calorie intake was off, my nutrition, I don't know, but there was nothing left and that in after 15 miles of running. Um, but anyway, I I caught a bunch of people at that point and the rest of the day I my attitude was you know, just keep moving. And I, I never went to that bad spot again. My legs stayed alive and I, I finished in 24 hours and 30 some minutes. Could have been. Well, thank you. I mean, I, again, I wasn't doing it for any time. It's, that was just what I, I wasted a lot of time, you know, arguing with Becky and stuff, but, um, I don't know what to think of it. I'm still confused. And if you get over the, if you get, if you could believe me that it, it wasn't just a low, uh, cause I know what they're like. I really do. And I have a hard time with them too, but it wasn't that I don't, I don't know what it was, but the fact that they came back to life, I came back to life and was able to go 60 miles at what I was hoping to do. Just is really weird. What was that ibuprofen you took? That's what I told her. I mean, I, I don't know. It had to be, that's the only thing I can think of at that aid station that could have done it. Yeah. I ate some food and drank, drank a little drink here and there or at that aid station, but I don't know. Nothing was hurting that I wanted to take it. She just offered it. And I'm like, well, yeah, let's put everything in the body and see what happens. And I don't know. So I finished with a smile. I learned a lot of stuff. I'm thankful for my wife because if I did what you did, I mean, I'm, I'm a hundred percent sure I would have DNF'd at 38 and I'm still would be happy with it. Not happy, content with it today. Yeah, I would John Johnson. I would because it wasn't, the race was, uh, at other reasons than just a hundred mile race, but I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, what was your, what was your, for, for, for me, it was very rocky. My gosh, it was too rocky. I'm not good on rocks. I don't claim to be. I need to practice some more. I'm so tired of seeing rocks. I never want to see another rock. Um, I think, uh, I don't know. I don't know if anybody else has done both that could join in. Well, you've done, you've done Eastern States, Mm -hmm. man. I don't like to compare races, but the, the rocks of that course made made that Massanutten just as hard as Eastern States in my eyes, because it's slower and the elevation was darn just as darn hard and or close to it. Um, I definitely think Eastern States is still more difficult. Uh, for me, it's the descending at Eastern States. I mean, I was not prepared for that. The first two times I've ran it, you literally just I swear those trails just go to the middle of the earth, you know, like it's just, you just go down forever and you don't experience that anywhere else. Any, I didn't experience that here at Messina and not at all. I do think technically it was very comparable, um, equal even, but yeah. the descents at Eastern States, cause, oh, and Virginia has switchbacks. I mean, they're smart, you know, right. we don't have that here. So those two things combined, the not this, not the continuous descending that just, crushes your your quads and 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 having the value of a switchback um brought messing up messing up a little bit yeah you know on on the scale there but the other 100 miler i did beast of the east i remember when i finished it i messaged ben and i said 
Eastern States made this look like a fun run. Like it was just, you know, it was East of the East. It was difficult in its own way, but it was not even comparable to, to the, to Eastern States and Massanon. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. The one, what I, what I couldn't stand at Massanutten was the, the downhills. You're right. They weren't nearly as steep as Eastern yeah. States, but they had so many darn rocks on them. You yeah. couldn't let loose and just yeah. run. So I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm holding my quads back right. because I'm tiptoeing type of thing instead of just letting loose and going down. Well, I'll, I'll tiptoe. I mean, I'm not a good downhill runner. <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> not either. So I just take them as, as it comes. Uh, and then when the rain hit, it made, I was going down the, in my head, there were only two major descents. And I was going down one of them in this torrential downpour. So it made everything, you know, mud was everywhere. It was slick. Um, I went down a few times, which is not uncommon for me. But uh, still, it wasn't anything comparable to what you see at Easter States. Yeah, it was a great race overall, though. Man, I, I'm yes. very, very impressed. The race directors was so kind. And every literally every A station I pulled into, people were just on top of you the minute you get there, like going to grab your drop bag if they know you had one. And what do you need? You know, how, what do you need in your bladders? And what are you eating? And it was, you know, you get that at, at our races, too, here in Pennsylvania. But I wasn't expecting it down there. And it, it was a, it was a welcome to me. Did you see any wildlife? No, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't see anything. <laughs> no, I get really focused at night. You know, I'm trying not to like light up any animal eyes in my headlamp and I didn't, but uh, I didn't see any wildlife. No. Did you? Uh, I saw two turtles and oh, I saw frogs. I saw a lot of frogs. I, I saw, a, frog. yeah. I saw um, a hen turkey that obviously had a nest or young poults nearby because she wanted to get across the trail really bad. Oh. And that's it though. No, not much. I ran with uh, Rhoda and Sam for for a little bit, and it was that was also really nice for me. I'm not used to running with other people, especially at races, and they they stay with me, and I tried to stay with them, um, and they just kept they kept those miles going quickly during and it was the during the really technical part of it. So I, I was grateful for them. So if they're listening, thank you guys. And they and then once we we got to an A station together once and. Uh, I saw them and I was like, guys, I can't like, I'm good from here on out, you know, thank you. But you guys take off and they did what they do. So it was great. That's awesome. Yeah. They're two phenomenal human beings. They are. Yeah. Very humble. And it was, it was great. What's uh, I don't think I asked you this already. What's next for you? Well, I'm trying to triple crown. Mm. <laughs> so that means I have world's end in two weeks and uh, I'm, a little nervous for that because I, I've never run world's end. And, uh, I was just talking to Ben yesterday or whatever day it was today, Monday. <laughs> and that he was telling me how easily the, the cutoffs can creep up. So from now until then, I'm just going to try and stay in the pool. Um, I'm battling a hamstring tear, which is very defeating. Um, it's more painful when I'm sitting. Uh, so going to work sucks, <laughs> but you know, when I'm in movement, it's, it's not quite uh, either. I'm not noticing it or it's not quite as bad. So I'm going to try and take care of that up until world's end. And then, um, I am doing sharp top in, in the end of June, which will be nice. And then, uh, Eastern States again in August and Marine Corps, Marine Corps 50 K in October. And then I'm resting. <laughs> nice. Well, before I forget, thank you for your service. Oh, thank you. It was an honor. It, uh, it was. Yep. Um, well, good. I'll see you at World's End. Then okay. I, I'll see you at Tombs Flats Aid Station, which is previously Slate Run, Run. for mm -hmm. Eastern States. 
So we'll see each other all summer long. Great. I'm looking forward to that. It's, it's going to be a great summer. It is. Oh, and the, the girls are running little loggers. Oh, that's great. <laughs> really excited for that. They're really excited too. That's awesome. That is a one of the best events out there. Yeah, I can't wait. And lucky for you, we have on John Johnson who can give you some pointers on World's End too. Good. Thank you. I'm all ears, John. <laughs> you know, I love World's End. We, it's not far from my house, probably 45 minutes is all. So we do a lot of running down there. Um, boy, after you make it through the first four miles down there, you're up on top of the mountain for a while. The first couple climbs are, it's dark, it's technical. You get up on top and you just keep moving steady. And I think that's the trick to worlds. And I think people get um, freaked out. They think it's, but it's not like Central PA rocks. They tell me how technical it is down there, but the rocks are bigger and they don't move like they do in Central PA. They don't are trying, all the rocks on there aren't trying to trip you up and break your ankles. Mm -hmm. like they are in a lot of places in Central PA or Mass and nothing. So I think if you just keep moving down to world's end, the climbs aren't real massive, most of them. And it's good. yeah. <laughs> You know, a lot of 500, six foot climbs like that. Yeah. But it's, I think it's just moving. It's just well, that, that's my mindset going into any race, just continuous forward motion. Uh, so I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, I don't know. There, there's a couple sections, you know, that mentally always graded on me. Um, yeah. After coming into dry run aid station, what a misnomer for a name because it's a swamp right before it and a swamp after. Survive that section and. There's a lot of good running after that. That's mile 44. Come out of that. You got some swampy section after that. Dave Walker, if you're listening, running up the road instead of through the swamp. Um, uh, but really, it's a it's a great race, and it's just yeah. staying steady. Yeah. Um, that's, that's always been my advice to everybody. I don't think it's as – to me, I didn't think it was as technical as everybody makes it out to be. Um, just keep moving forward on it. It's Yeah. And you come out the other side of it, I always thought for everybody. Well, I'm people, every time I mention that I'm running it, the first words out of anybody's mouth is, it's beautiful. And I've never been there. So that, that adds a level of excitement is for me to go and enjoy, enjoy the trail, you know. It is absolutely spectacular. It is. Yeah. yeah that's one thing I miss it like Massanutten and there was one or two spectacular views. They yeah. were spectacular, but you know, World's End, it seems like it has something every couple miles. And, you know, Mass Nutton, it, it ended up being in the woods and you're tired of looking at those rocks that all look the same. <laughs> Not that they can control that, but it's I, you do miss it when you get spoiled with something yeah, like yeah. World's End in Eastern States. Yeah. I'm sure you'll have yeah, no definitely. problem whatso whatsoever with that race. Now, are you doing World's End and Eastern States solo? Um, well, uh, Lee Arbogast is going to crew me at World's End, and I'm very grateful for that. He um, has become a good friend of mine, and I know he's going to keep me moving, keep me motivated. And then um, at Eastern States, my husband knows I need him there. So he's going to come up and crew me, and um, I have a pacer, Trevor Fye. He actually um, he doesn't live in this area, but he runs these trails often because his girlfriend lives here. So he's down here every weekend. And um, I run into him out here and I give him extra miles because we'll run together for a while and then he'll take off and then he'll double back, to come get me. <laughs> and then we'll run together some more. But he's going to pace me from, well, it was going to be Slate Run. What is it? Where are we at? Tombs Flat now? Just below Slate Run. He's yeah. going to pace me from Tombs Flat all the way to the end. 
Um, so I'll have him there. And then, uh, yeah, so I won't be out there. And, and I know these faces now, you know, they're like, everybody knows everybody else now. And I'm so grateful that I've gotten to know more people up in that area that offer me so much support. So I definitely won't ever feel alone out there. I know that for sure. Yeah. Tre I mean, I know Trevor personally, he's a yeah. good dude. Uh, he is. Definitely he just, a, a stud. Just dirty German. I know he didn't just win it; he smoked it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that he's a he's a great person to have on your side for sure. Yeah, I'm excited. Cool. All right. Well, listen. I thank you so much for coming on. I it's it's totally up to you if you want to if you have stuff to do you can get log off or you can hang out and talk all you want and join in with talking to John or whatever. I'll hang. I'll definitely hang. I'm okay, great cool. to be here. Yep. John. Yes. All right. Let's, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> Why don't you, way, brother. Can, well, can you quickly tell the story of how you got into running? Yes. Thank you. Stories. So Mine too. just before I turned 35, I work in a factory and one of my wife's friends, her and my wife were going to the gym, getting in shape. And there I was overweight and doing nothing with myself because I was getting fatter. We're going to break one day and she says, Hey honey, you're going to have problems. And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's about three times this. I finally say, tell me, what are you talking about? She goes, look around all these men we work with. When they hit 35, they all fall apart. They have back problems, knee problems. They're always sick. She goes, that's going to be you. Look at your guts hanging over your belt. I said, screw you. I went to Dick's and bought a pair of shorts and a pair of shoes and took up running. And that Next weekend will be 16 years. 16 years. So did you just start... <laughs> What was the progression like? I mean, when after you just started running, when did you run your first race and what was it? Okay, I started running May 28th. Um, beginning of August, I ran a 5K where Amy works at. They had a 5K over there. And her friend agreed to run it with me. So that was my first 5K, first race. Hmm. And were you just addicted after that or what? I mean. I guess. I was, I, you know, I'm a running nerd. Once mm -hmm. I'm doing something, I'm doing it. So I started looking at times. And my goal at the time, I started looking at what other guys my age were running. And one of the top guys at that time in the mid-30s around here, they were running like 19 minutes, you know, just under 20 minutes in a 5K. And I said, boy, that's my goal. I, I, I hit that and I'm, you know, running. I've hit what I want. So that Thanksgiving, I latched on to the guy at a 5k that I knew would run that time. And I said, I told myself half mile to go, I'm just running until I puke basically. And so I just half mile to go, I took off and I think I ran like a 1933 or something like that. And then I kind of got, um, then what really got me was, couple months later, I went to a race on New Year's Day up in Binghamton, New York, and it was a 5K. But when I showed up, they had a map out from last the previous year's race, and it said 2.7 miles. And I'm like, oh, I'm just going to lay it for 2.7 miles. You know, again, you know how I am, Eric. I'm not afraid to just grip it and rip it and make a shit show of it. Mm -hmm. So I ran that thing as hard as I could, and I come across the finish line. And I looked at the clock, and I'm like, oh, I can't believe that's all I can run for 2.7 miles. And the lady goes, oh, no, that was last year's course. This course is a certified 5K. And I'm like, oh. So I, and I'd broken 18 minutes. I'd ran a 1758. And I'm like, oh. So that was the one that kind of made me think, maybe I'll like this stuff, you know? Right. And 
And you're, I mean, at least in my eyes, you're, well, everybody's eyes that braces you or sees you, you're, well, you're, you're known to have that low end speed. It, that's your, if, if, if you want to call it a gift, I mean, you, you thrive on the, when I say low end, I mean like 10 K's and shorter, right? Would you yeah. agree with that? And you enjoy it and your wheels at that distance and your pace at that distance is phenomenal um, compared to, to most people, you know, you're not out there doing track work and, you know, doing that, those daily speed works and things like that. It's just something that you're, you're naturally gifted with those, that fast muscle, fast legs. Right. I think, I mean, absolutely. I mean, you, you know what my running is like cross training. That means I run on road and I run on trail for me. Mm-hmm. I don't go to the track. I, you know, once in a while when I'm running, I just pick up the pace a little bit and I just vary everything up, but I don't specifically work on speed. Right. I, I love racing short distance, you know, 10 K in particular, 10 mile and under love it. 10 K. If I only had one distance to race, that would be it. That's what right. I love, especially something with rolling Hills in it. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, really, I guess it'd be road rolling Hills on road, right? Road, or not. Yeah. Yeah, I like road. Um, you know, then some of the 10Ks we got in the um, Roxylvania series going on and stuff. True. You know, yeah. I, I like something. I don't know. I guess I like all 10Ks, really. But, yeah, I guess it's more the distance than than road or trail. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. Well, not. I know you want to be Mr. Humble Pants and all that stuff, but we, we had that talk on here, Grace and I did, about being humble and stuff. But we still want to – I still want to go through your – list of what you've accomplished after after the lady told you you're you're fat and gonna die (laughs) so i mean and the and the reason i want to do this is i i met you several years after that point probably more than several years probably um where you had already um already done a lot of things that i'm i'm still trying to do and like to do as far as you know certain races and this and that and what you've done around the, the state and things like that. So what was your, what was your big first, uh, let's go with what was your first ultra? Do you remember? It may have been green monster 50 K is either oh. Heiner 50 K or green monster 50 K. Nice. And how, how was it? How did that go for you? For your first 50 K? I'm going to, I'm going to say it was green monster. Probably. I'm going to give you one of my Adam Russell stories. Cause you know, I love Adam Russell. The death we all ever to run up a mountain on the East coast. He know I had a goal. I wanted to run under 530 for my first 50K out there. Adam Russell ran away with it, won the race. I'm coming back down off the mountain, and I'm just – I'm dying coming down that last big downhill green monster. Who's standing at the bottom of that hill with that smile and laugh of his thing? Come on, you're getting this thing done. So, I mean, you know. Nice. Adam Russell standing there. You're going to pick up the pace, you know. He's not going to let you slack it and miss your goal. That's awesome. So you've done, let's see, you did, you've done Manitow's Revenge, right? Yep. Twice. Love it. That's 50 miler. And that's pretty gnarly. That's no 10 mile, 10 K race. <laughs> oh, no, 54 miles, 14,000 foot of climb. Are you ever going to do it again? I, I hope to God I do at least three or four more times. Nice. The reason I haven't, it, it falls the same weekend. We're in Acadia running every year. Mm. yeah well that's still fun yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right so what do you have on your wall behind you there do you want to talk about that 
you have you have a wedge and an axe. All right. Okay. So if okay. I promised, I I would talk about it. So. I know, I know, and I understand why. Like it, it's but it's pretty cool. So the coolest thing before we get into those those two races, I guess, is um. So you've you've won the fifty world's end fifty k, yes. world's end hundred k, yes, and world's end fall classic, yes, making you the what what is the wording that I'm supposed to use here the the trifecta, the trifecta male of world's end area i don't know is so that is, I, that's true i'm going to expound on that a little and you're going to be oh my god i can't believe john's saying this please do so there's more to the whole story than that you know i love the loyal sock trail i love running down there mm -hmm. so when david walker put it out after i won the fall classics that was the last of his three races there there's other things that went into what made that whole thing special you know, Adam Russell and I, you know this one because you you hold the unsupported FKT on the Loyal Sock. Adam Russell and I happen to hold the supported FKT together on that. Yep. I've had this goal of anything that touches the Loyal Sock, I wanted to win. I've won Smith Knob five times. I won High Knob Race. They used to have that. I got the supported FKT on the Loyal Sock, and then I won the three races there at World's End. So I, it's just one of those special places for me. Right. I love everything about it down there. And whether you are still in that mindset or not, you have to get the unsupported FKT from myself in order to own the complete what's what's for not trifecta, but I mean, I, it should, I hope it's still on your radar. I, and, it is. okay, good. It is. And as it should be. And I think anybody that knows you and knows me knows that you that that time is just waiting there for you to go uh, destroy. Well, it's a carrot, but it's a damn damn big carrot to reach. I'll tell you that. You know that. It's a hard trail. It's a it's a very very uh, the first fun. 15, the first fifteen miles just beat you down there on that. Yeah. And yeah. I think you know I'm very familiar with because I've run it many times, but. Boy, you got to put together a good day down there and be smart for a long time to get to the other end of that one with a good time. So, talking about the trifecta, though, I mean, we do have a couple females that it, it hasn't been completed by a female yet, correct? Correct. Becky Kosek's one of them. She's missing the 50K. Yeah, so she'd have to run the 50, win the 50K. Right. Christina Folsick is the other one. Yep. Okay. The other one that's in this mix and not a female. Missing the hundred Ks, Mr. Adam Russell. Ah, interesting. Very interesting. Well, either way, to even be close to that finishing the trifecta that you're talking about is incredible. I mean, to think about it, and especially these days um, with the competition, oh boy, a lot of these races are bringing in. I will say this: when I won the hundred K and fifty K, that was many years ago too, and the level of competition has definitely picked up now i mean it is definitely a different game out there now yep but you and you've heard it before you can never control who signs up for a race right that's right you, you can only race who's there and not that the competition was bad i'll tell you that i mean david lister was second place down there that year um, yeah david, david lister can he's a pretty stout individual so i mean but there i think the ultra game there's a lot more 
on male and female side at the top now. A lot of people that are very fast. We're seeing a lot of younger people come into it, which is great, bringing a lot of speed. Yeah, it's incredible what these people are doing. <laughs> yeah, it is. I'm glad I'm getting older because it's it's more of a reason why I don't have to get anywhere near these times, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Being old has its advantages. Yeah. Um, well, that, what else you got? What else did I have? I wanted to talk about you have, what do you have over 200 wins? Uh, is that the number? We're sitting at 192 right now. Oh, I'm sorry. So you still have eight to go. You slacker. Yeah. I know, man. I, I got nothing, man, on that. I just, I don't, race as much. I don't race as much as I used to. So. 192 total race wins. And it, it doesn't matter if that's, most of them are 5Ks or most of them are 100 milers or whatever. That's to win 192 times is uh, is very impressive. Thanks. I agree. Thanks. I mean, it was something we did for years, you know, chasing. I, I just set some goals. And you know I don't generally set goals anymore, Eric, about things like that. I try not to get wrapped up in things. But I did it half jokingly one day. Josh Gavitt, Adam Russell, and David Lister and I were running down on, on the loyal sock down around world's end and david lister said something to me about i don't know how many wins and i said oh if i ever get to 100 wins i'm going to retire from running and it was about three years i had some very good years where i ripped off a lot of wins each year and before i knew it i was sitting at 99 wins and i'm like oh crap i've got to revise this list you know and i just kept running you know unfortunate i guess stayed healthy but a lot of it is if you got a little bit of speed and you, you just keep after it and you run a lot of races. And I, you know, again, I, I go from road races. I've run track races, um, trail. There's a lot of opportunities out there to race a lot of different distances and find what works for you. And that's kind of what I did, you know, especially the 10 K trail stuff, you know, it's stuff I'd love to do. So it's fun to go out and race. We used to race every weekend. It seemed like, so, you know, the wins just came, you know. It's... Yeah, I mean, they just come for me, too. <laughs> I, I think I'm at, like, uh, two, 2043, but I don't keep track. I just, just finished, and they hand me this belt buckle, like, here. <laughs> yeah. Where's your bucket of, yeah, buckles and whatever? Honestly, I threw them away. <laughs> Um, so go, all right. So it is pretty amazing though. 192. Is that the number you said? Yeah. So, but you just recently, you just had, uh, a DNF. Now, how many yep. DNFs have you had? Three. Oh, you had, I, I would, I thought maybe this was your first one. What I were the other? Two? Well, well, well. Than you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have right. as many ultras as you do either. <laughs> Welcome, Grace. We'll get to you. You can join in real quick in a second with all your fun stuff. But I want I want to finish, John. The DNF was was from uh, what your something started hurting. Yeah, we was down to Glacier Ridge. Every year, I try to pick something stupid, whether it's a clothing optional race or. And you guys have heard this story. Yeah, we got to get into that one too. Yeah, whether it's a clothing optional race or something that I just shouldn't be doing. And Eastern States last year, I remember. Marisa down there and her husband seen him down there at mile 17, eight station down there. And, um, well, I was down there pacing Adam cold for the last or middle 30 miles of Eastern States. 
And I hadn't run a long distance in a long time. And that just lit a fire under me. Like, I'm going to actually train for distance. So I did and I did. Then I'm like, maybe I'll run Eastern States, but I don't got a 50-mile qualifier. So I said, I'm going to sign up for Glacier Ridge. I put the miles in, put the work in. I was in good shape. So we went on the Glacier Ridge. And it's a fairly easy course. Muddy in spots, but it's not a big climber. Speed course. Cruising along. Um about mile 22, I come out of an aid station and there's this muddy little trail section and I must have just slipped right. Mm-hmm. Oh, I popped back up to the road and my groin, I could feel something in my groin. I'm like, oh, whatever, I can live with that. And it had some flat sections after that. And I'm cruising along down these flat sections, probably 830, 845, not feeling good. And then all of a sudden I get the shooting pain down the inside of my leg, right down to my knee. And I'm like, oh boy. I'm like, okay, we'll stop, we'll stretch, we'll do that. And I did got to the first climb and it wasn't, it was a dirt road climb. So it wasn't like it was a nasty hand or fist thing. And it just uphill or downhill, just shot a pain right down the inside of my knee. And I said, okay, if it doesn't go away by the time I get next aid station, that's it. I'm, you know, at that point I'm at mile 30 when I seen the next aid station, I says that knee stuff, I won't play with, but it's the outside the knee it band. Okay. But when it's something down the inside or the front of the knee, and you still got 20 miles to go. I just said, I want to race. I got other races I want to do. Yeah. I'm just, I'm comfortable with that. It's out of my control at this point. I'm not going to just load up on pain meds just to hobble through and really hurt something. So, and how, how is it today? It's okay. I ran today, really ran today for the first time since then. I, you know, we had the race over the week, weekend that we put on. So I spent last week getting ready for that. So, Today I went out and I just ran four and a half miles and the knee felt okay. Still there though? No, no, it's not there. I'm guessing okay. I just tweaked something in the groin and just, I don't know, I guess I'm a wuss or whatever. I don't know, but. No. Yeah. What other, what were the other two DNFs, if you don't mind me asking? Eastern States. In oh, okay. Yep. 2016 had another groin issue. Um, dropped out there before he dropped down in the Heiner run. Used to be up on Ritchie Road. Used to be an aid station there. I don't know if it's still there. Running along. And actually, I was running with Dave Walker after he did a Superman face plant. After me and him talking trash to each other about how great of technical runners we are. He tripped over a leaf or a caterpillar. <laughs> um, wasn't too many miles later. All of a sudden, I started having growing problems. And I cried all the way up out of Brown's run. I think it is there up that long climb and never ending one. And I couldn't even run the logging roads. So I says, you know what? I'm going down to Waterville Tavern, get a burger and fries and go out and aid station hop the rest of the day. And that's what we did. Right. Marisa, have you had any DNFs besides Eastern? No, but my experience is far smaller than all of yeah, you. I know. I, I was just curious. <laughs> but no, that was my, my only one. And do you regret that one? Uh, no. In the no. Mo- I mean, in the moment, it's heartbreaking. You know, I was I was devastated. But literally, the t- in ten minute drive back to the cabin, I looked at Robert, my husband, and I said, "Well, I have to go back." You know, and I I mean, I made up my mind that quickly. But what I took away, what I learned from that was overwhelming, and it just added to to the runner and the and the woman I am today. Like it. I learned so much from, from that DNF. So no, I don't, I think it was the right decision in the moment. I would, my head just wasn't, my heart wasn't there. And that my whole thing, like I run because 
so much of me just loves to run. Like I don't run to train. I just run to run. So for me to, to keep on going would have been a dishonor to running in a sense. So I'm glad I stopped. And what I took away was uh, an abundant amount of knowledge. You know, it's funny you say that because that, as my wife was yelling at me and I was yelling at her, trying to explain to her why it was okay that I quit this past weekend. Um, that was one of my arguments was that it says, I, I told her, I said, I'm, I'm not having fun. The whole reason we do this, isn't it? So we, because we're having fun and it should be kind of fun. I said this, what I'm about to do, if you want me to walk 60 miles, it's not fun to me. That is not my idea of, uh, yeah, I'm. Huh? This is our Disney World running is. That's what I try to tell people. Yeah. They get all stressed mm -hmm. out and wigged out about running or a race. We pay good money. For this. We're like big kids at Disney World is what we are. And we're out on trails. Yeah. And luckily that fun came back to me. And she, you know, I, I have nothing to say other than she was right because the, it came back. Wow, if it man. wouldn't have, I... I still, I was totally fine. I would be today. She doesn't, she won't believe me, but I, I'd be totally fine if I DNF'd at 38 today. Um, of course I'm happy I finished, but I don't know. But yes, I was not, that, that was in my head for several miles. It's like, this, this is not fun. And I, this is going to suck the fun out of running for me. <laughs> That's great. Yes, everybody. It's so funny when she changes my name. Ha ha. <laughs> yeah, it is. Say it. Say your name. Eric, she was right, Cosa. There you go. All right. Marisa, have you have you ran uh the Watona Trail Challenge? No, I haven't, but I, I'm interested now. <laughs> you very much should be. So John, I do want to, before we, we start to finish up and Grace, you should, I, I need to, you need to like dive right into this somehow, this whole conversation. Sorry, you were I, stuck in traffic. Yeah. You ask your question and then, um, and you then can have rapid fire at the end. <laughs> I, wanna, I, wanna, I got questions that are important. Yeah, no, no, no. I, there's plenty of time. Okay. Um, but anyway, my next my next thing with you, John, is like, let's talk about your race. The race just happened yesterday. Chief Watona Trail Challenge. That's the correct title, right? Yeah. Close yeah. enough, man. Yeah. These days, it's a four-mile, one-loop around the lake, Mount and Pisgah, or two-loop, seven-miler, right? Correct. And yeah. Eric, you've won it. You've won all our – You when we used to have a four-mile, Eric Kosek has won that a couple times. The long one, yeah. Yeah. He also won the seven-mile race last year let's not play humble now eric you're right i'm um, not playing humble thank you for <laughs> thank you for pointing it out yeah, um, uh, i mean yeah. th i think everybody listening and anybody who will listen eventually it, the 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 one thing that makes people want to come to this race and come back to it is and you think i'm going to say the people no it's the food, food. <laughs> it's the food we have now, the best race food anywhere i'm not yeah I mean, trail runners love eating, and we all love our snacks and goodies and stuff. But this is a full-on smorgasbord breakfast concoction with giant cupcake desserts the size of your head and pies, and it, it's amazing. I mean, we're not doing this race for fitness. <laughs> no, I, I think this year we cooked up 65 pounds of bacon. Um, oh. 40 pounds of sausage, I don't know how many pounds of hash browns, probably six, 700 pancakes, 25 dozen eggs. What else? Where's your beautiful wife at? Get her on the camera. I want to see her face. 
she is right there. Right you here. know she's always. Yeah, I don't know why it, you think keeping him under control. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> yes. you're not shy. Four hundred cupcakes in the cupcakes. Oh. So the story in the early part with me about the woman that told me I was overweight. Uh -huh. She's the one that makes our cupcakes for us, and mm -hmm. she stands there and cooks for us all day. And Eric, if Eric ever wants to tell Schaefer <laughs> yes. cupcakes, yeah. <laughs> if Eric ever wants to talk about peanut butter pie, same woman. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yes. They are amazing. Yeah. So, uh, anything special happened at the race this year? It's pretty good turnout. The weather was absolutely phenomenal, wasn't it? Yeah. It the special thing was I didn't yell at him. <laughs> Why not? 10 years. I don't know. We were both really relaxed, and it was kind of weird. That's awesome. It took nine years, but we finally <laughs> figured out where we needed to be and Apparently, we both stayed in our own lanes because yeah. I didn't tell anybody to keep him away from me. <laughs> nice. Yeah, no, the race, the race went good. Um, yeah, we had, I don't know, 200 and 10, 15, say 215 or something finishers. Mm -hmm. um, and in our race, we encourage everybody to bring their family, their friends, their neighbor to come and everybody eats free. We want to make it a fun, family friendly event for everybody. And we try to make it accessible to anybody um next year we're going back to something we used to do which was free entry for the kids because we've seen a good number of kids this year back at the race which we love seeing so you know we haven't even put it out i guess it's out on facebook now that next year we're going back to any kid 15 and under gets free entry to we tone it to come on out and play for the day with us and eat cupcakes and bacon and that might be all they eat yeah i think that was a lot of kids plates they walked by with bacon and cupcakes yeah. <laughs> Do you blame them? I mean, that's pretty much all we all, I want. And I mean, we don't even have to deal with this sugar coma that comes after all that. So. Yeah. Did you guys both uh, walk or run the course yesterday, or did you hang out at the pavilion? I timed it. Oh. Yeah, no, I I did what I, I took them through the first mile or whatever it was just to get everybody through the first turn, get them used to stuff. And then I peeled off and ran back to the finish line and just harassed people, told bad jokes and gave bad advice on life. And that was about the gist of it. I think, you know, right. Got around and ran my mouth, everybody really. Well, that's not hard for you to do. No, no, no. That's for sure. I told Eric Kosek stories. <laughs> I mean, that's the park where you and I met. I, I, I've said this story before, but it's, it's a special place because that's where we met. It is. And we also have another tradition that, Yes, down. the New Year's Day run. First thing, first light on New Year's Day every year. For Boy, we're probably going on, what, six or seven now at least? Yeah. Yeah, it's been quite a few years. I mean, we've had different people show up with us. I mean, most years Adam Russell's with us. Um, we've had Albert Gensel yep. show up. Um, we've had different people. Yep, uh, best way to start my year. I know that. Yeah. All right, so I have some important questions to ask before um, I have to I have to head out soon and meet my okay for yep. dinner. Go. Okay. These are questions from the uh, running yeah. mullet. 
Facebook page, Instagram page. If you're not following us on Facebook, Instagram, please do because there are fun conversations that happen in between the episodes. Um, there's also a whole chat happening on YouTube right now. So if you're able to join us live right now, um, then you can join in on the chat. If you are joining us on the podcast, that's okay too. I hope you're having a great run or a great day. Here's some questions that came from Facebook. Do you braid your chest hair? <laughs> Only when I go to Eric's house. <laughs> Only when you go to Eric's house. There's our answer. Chad Brown says, have you done any modeling? Only for him. <laughs> Only for Chad. Only for Chad. Great answer. Love Chad. Um, has your fame and good looks changed you at all? Well, I'm not as good looking as Ben is, so. You're not as good looking as Ben? No. We will we'll let the crowd determine that. We'll have a vote. Um, how'd you get so dang fast, PJ says? I had an older brother who liked to think he was into boxing. <laughs> And for self-preservation, you learn to run fast. In my house as a kid, you did. Uh-huh. Uh, have you given the Superman watch back to your grandson yet? No. I, I have a whole bunch of them, actually. I'm wearing my Batman <laughs> Ultra watch. You push the button. It lights up. Ooh, I was lucky enough to be gifted one of them by the by John Johnson one time. I still have it. Wow. It's not on my wrist right now, but it was one of the coolest gifts I've ever received. Not wearing that right now. I should be. I'm sorry. Rob says, "Why are you so good looking?" Well, I didn't. didn't good well, he wasn't talking about you, John. He's talking about Amy. Oh, well, that is true. She is beautiful. It's just what my face looks like. Although we should have broke out the mullet picture from when we were. When oh, we were. my. That's a good one. That is sex in a picture. Oh, boy. <laughs> yes, it is. This is this is definitely um, for you and not Amy. What year did you quit your career as a stripper, Graham? <laughs> what makes it? Why do they think I quit? <laughs> Michael Lowe asked. Yeah. Maybe it's just not for him. Maybe. Just, no, we, we broke that out yesterday post race. Yes. We did. It was oh, okay. That's, that's another yesterday. reason. Cupcakes, more reasons to sign up next year for everybody. Um, let's see. That Gary Ferguson, this is verbatim. That Gary Ferguson <laughs> wants to know if you know anything about real estate. I wish I could tell that joke on here. <laughs> when I see you guys in person next, I will tell you that joke. Got Gary it. Ferguson is a, by the way, Gary Ferguson, everyone in the ultra game should know his name. Go down to three days at the fair and look at every record down there almost. And Gary Ferguson probably owns them or pretty darn close to him. Great guy. Okay. <laughs> he knows a little about real estate. Yeah. He knows very little about real estate. <laughs> All right. Good to know. And uh, hold on. I lost my screen. Um, why are your shorts so short? Hmm. It feels good. It does. <laughs> that and I have to shop in the kids section because I'm like half, you know, I'm not real big here. That's my answer is also because it's just, it's comfortable. Yes. Yeah. You don't like, especially if you're running uphill, that's Long shorts seem to constrict you. you know. Yeah, they get in the way. They do. I gotta be, I gotta let my skin be free. Yeah. All righty. And uh, those are all the questions from me. I have to go meet my boss 
for dinner. I need, this is only day six of my new job. So you're in Texas, right? I'm in Texas. Yeah. I just came to Dallas and I did get hung up. Um, I hope everybody's okay. There was a a pretty rough um, accident that we went by. So it was a little bit late and, but I'll be back next week. And uh, I know this show probably went awesome. Just tell me that it would have been better if I was here to make my, make me feel better. Oh, Absolutely. I mean, you improved a lot once you got on. So (laughs) we'll be back to it next week, won't we? We're going to have an amazing show next week. But I know you four will wrap things up without me. I'm going to go have dinner with my boss and hope that it goes well. See everybody. (laughs) Good luck, Grace. Bye, Grace. All right, we're gonna let's wrap it up here shortly. But John, um, coming back to the race, Chief Watona Trail Challenge. Throughout the years, and I think I remember you telling me this, like it's, you you know, you always want everybody to sign up and um, you want new people to sign up. You want returning people to sign up. But I think one thing that's worth mentioning to at least everybody that's listening and going to listen, and not it's not just for a Chief with Tone Trail Challenge, it's for any race, is that if you if you think you want to do it or you're, you're, you want to do it, it's best for these races to for the people that are organizing these races to sign up as early as you possibly can. Now we all know that there's some races that are a year out that are selling out instantly. And it's crazy because no one knows what they're doing a year from now. It's tough and everybody gets that, but I just want to throw it out there for people to keep in mind. Once you do know that, Oh yeah, Watona has those cupcakes. I got to do it this year. We're not doing anything that weekend. Get your butt on the computer and sign up because it makes the organizers, you and Amy's lives, much easier. Am I right? Right, 100%. Like big races, okay, we know they're going to sell out and good for them. I mean, we do a lot of big races ourselves, so love them. But for us smaller events out here, we're trying to buy stuff ahead of time. And if people don't sign up, we're sometimes pulling money out of our checking account to buy stuff. And then you're like, man, I hope people sign up. Because if not, we had one year there right around or after COVID, we lost money putting the event on. But, you know, as a small event, if people don't sign, if people wait to sign up, you're like, oh, boy, how much stuff do I buy? And right. if you overbuy, you end up losing money. It really makes it just easier for planning and to help races survive. You know, and most races that get run aren't the big events, you know, for most people. They're your local 5K, 10K or your half marathon that go on in your neighborhoods, essentially. And to help out those race directors, sign up as early as you can. That way they know what budget they have to work with. And if you got a bigger, uh, you know what your budget is up front for people, participants coming in, your race director can buy better swag because they know what's going, they know what they got to work with instead of waiting to last, you know, everybody, 50 people sign up to, you know, last day of registration. And then you're like, well, we've already bought all our swag, you know, we can't. If we'd have known we'd had this money, we could have bought better stuff or more of for people. Yeah. No, I mean, it makes sense. And it's something I remember you telling me, and I'd, I'd never really thought about it because I'm, well, I I wasn't a race director, you know. I don't see that those side of things, but it makes perfect sense. And I kind of keep it in the back of my mind at any race I do now or look when I'm looking at my schedule and trying to figure stuff out. Yeah. It, it makes it just easier for race directors to know what they're working with. Yeah. You know, we have, when we buy insurance, for example, we buy it based off the number of people that are going to be there. Mm-hmm. 
and if, again, if people, it's one of those things you like to take care of up front. When, when you're putting races on, Eric, and you, you, you know it now, all the behind the scenes stuff that goes on, boy, if you, if you sell out quick, you know what you got to buy. You can, hey, we can cross this off the list early. It's one less thing you got to worry about and get it out of the way. Right. You know, you know how many porta potties you got to rent. You, there's just so much that makes it, you don't want to have be short on porta potties. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's not good. What uh, what's next for you, John? What races do you have coming up? Just the trails, some of the trail series stuff, or what? There's this one out towards Wellsboro. I'm going to it's come July. That's right. That's right. Yeah, it's not a race. It's a That's run. A group run. That's a group run. I'm going to that. Um, I really don't have much on the schedule. I'll run some of the um stuff in the Roxylvania series just because our race is part of it. And I, you know, been running those races for years. Love the race directors and the crowds that are there really don't have too much on the schedule. I really would like to hit another long race this year, but I got to do some playing and see how the body's going to react. Um, see how that growing is. Hopefully it's just, you know, slipping in the mud that did it, but I got to go put some long runs in and see how that's going to work. But I, I wouldn't mind hitting 50 mile or maybe hundred mile of this year. Try it. Eastern state's still on your radar for next year, possibly. Yeah, it's still there. I'd, I'd like to go, you know, that's where Amy and I kind of grew up trail racing, you know, back. Definitely crewing. Yeah, definitely <laughs> crewing. Um, but that, that was where trail racing was when we started racing back in 2010, 2011 trail racing. And we have so many friends down there. I mean, it's more like family that we, you know, I always say about going to Heiner. It's like going to a family reunion with a thousand of your friend or family that you actually like. Yeah. That's what it's like for us walking into one of the central PA races, you know? So, yeah. Well, I gotta add, can I add real quick? Yeah. I know there's some people listening that I, that I need to give recognition to. So Eric, I don't know about you, but my thighs are like thrashed from just all the overgrowth that we ran through. And there were so many blowdowns at like mile 80 that we had to, Duck, you, had, you had to squat down and duck under, or I, I kept getting like whipped in the face because my eye level is different than a normal human's eye level. So like, if, if the guy in front of me is like pushing tree tree limbs back, it comes back, it whips me right in the face. Um, but so it's to John and Craig and Casey and Mike Stolfis, like man, you guys, you keep our trails clear, and I, I appreciate it. We are spoiled because. It was not that way there. One hundred and fifty percent agree. And I wanted to say that and I said it about a hundred times to Becky when she was pacing me on the trail. Yeah. And again, Massanutton is a fabulous race. It's it's a different world down there, but we are spoiled beyond belief up here when it comes to trail maintenance. My goodness. We are. And they then just the way they can congregate a whole crew of people, like for trail cleaning weekend and the end of March, like there was like 30 people that showed up every day. So for that, for them to be able to, to congregate that and put that together, like my gratitude is is huge for that. Yeah. yeah. And now I didn't, I noticed right away about that, the overhanging branches and stuff in the way. And just like you're saying, like I was itchy all over because yeah, whatever. I covered in ticks, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, I'll expound on that a little bit. You know, Eric knows how we like our trails up here, and I'm very anal retentive about them. I spend a lot of time clearing them for our events. But this goes out to Craig Fleming down in Central PA, who he is the Pied Piper of this whole thing that goes on in Central PA. 
and Craig probably doesn't like when I say that about him, um, but it's true. But when Craig takes care of his volunteers, if you go out on a work day with Craig and them guys down there and you break your piece of equipment, it generally gets replaced by Craig. He takes all his people out that do trail work to lunch. He buys their lunch for them. And he makes sure if they want to run one of his races, they get that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And when we started our race, Craig gave us some advice. And rule number one was you take care of your participants and you take care of your volunteers and your race is probably going to be okay. And Craig does it better than anybody else I've seen. I agree. Yeah, he's got it all. He's got to figure it out for sure. Yeah. And uh, anybody that comes to Central PA to race and if they hang around and they see how it functions down there, they all say the same thing. They're like, wow, what goes on? This is like a, like you guys are saying about coming into the Pine Creek Valley, how it's a different world. Yeah. It, and it truly is. Come into a Craig Fleming or if you go out to the Tioga Running Club, out the Green Monster and some of those other events, it's a different world than a lot of the other races that get put on elsewhere yeah yeah you see john schaefer's comment plus if you're on a wait list and you do a work day you move up on the list hey it's how it should work right yeah absolutely you also forgot adam's comment i seen adam adam <laughs> cold on there i i on my list i we told adam cold who cold's bad man around i would go to a spartan with him I'm going to die because I'm built like a 12 year old girl. I can't, I can barely lift my cell phone. Up. And you hate the gym. Yeah. I, I know a guy named Jim besides that. I'm just, <laughs> well, John, getting back to Eastern States next year, I know a guy who would be happy to pace you. So just keep that in mind. I will keep that in mind. Um, it would be, it would be pretty cool. And even though it's over a year out, I'm pretty sure my weekend's free. If you know what I mean? Oh, I think I know what you mean. <laughs> so get that 50 miler done. Wait, that means I get to hang out with Becky. You get to hang out with Becky. So that's a good weekend. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> I have to him though. Yeah. That's part of it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Marisa, what have you, so you've done a couple hundred milers now. Is there anything like in your head? And I know I asked this because for me and I'm probably for John too, after we completed some of this bigger stuff, for me, it was like, well, what's next? What's next? What's what else can I do? Is there any thoughts like that in your head, or like, is a hundred mile you pretty content with, like, just chilling there? Um, you know, the stage of life that I'm in with a husband that I love to spend time with, and two girls that still need me. I think the reality of doing more than a hundred miles right now is is not is not there. Like, I, it, you would just need to put so much more time into training, and um, I just don't have that time right now. I do have my eyes on fat dog 120. I mean, that might be like the next step, but anything over that, I don't, I don't know if it's in my capabilities yet, just because my mind is always on my family. And there, I know, you know, Eric, like there's just so much guilt that, that you have to figure out when you're out there and, and your family's back here. And, and I haven't figured that out yet. So maybe once I'm a little older, or once the girls are a little older, more mileage might be in the books for me. I'm very happy with um, what I've accomplished and what I have coming next. Um, so I'm just, Fat Dog 120 might be might be there, but after that, I'm not sure yet. 
Yeah, that one's always been on my radar too. I yeah. came close one year and I forget, I, I just wasn't available. I couldn't make it work, but it, boy, it sure looks like a beautiful one and uh, somewhere different to, to get to see for sure. The other thing, like traveling, I don't have the opportunity right now to, to travel to different races, which is why I'm so grateful that we have what we have here in Pennsylvania. So like I said, maybe once the girls are older, that can be, that can be put into place, but I'm, I'm just happy with, with what Pennsylvania offers me right now. Cool. Fair enough. I know how you, I do know how you feel and it's, it's hard because you want to, you want them to be a part of it and then you don't, you know, certain things, it's just hard to take them. And yeah. I don't know, I, I go back and forth with it, but yeah, there's definitely guilt. <laughs> um, but much respect to you for, for what you're doing. I hope we get to hang out more in person and get to know each other more. I, I, I truly respect what you do. And I, I love, I, I, I'm serious. I love your smile. I, it amazes me that you can smile the whole way through a hundred mile race. And <laughs> it, it is, I mean, if, some, if somebody just really thinks about that, like that's true joy, the definition of joy. Yeah. You know, some people might think this ultra running stuff is crazy, but you can't smile for that long if you're not in your happy place that whole time. Yeah. So it's really awesome to see. And it's a it's a great smile. And you seem like a great human. Thank, thank you, Eric. I appreciate that. And I respect you as well. And John, it was great to get to know you. I've, I've seen your name, but I never really got to know who you are. So I appreciate getting to know you tonight. Great meeting you. Hey, great job down mass and on that is amazing. Thank you. Thank you. You know what the best part about running these hundreds is, is eating all the food afterwards and not caring. <laughs> I don't know about you, Marisa. Like I'm still there. We stopped at Chinese buffet yesterday on the way home. And today it was just like, ah, leave me alone. I'm eating. I may have picked up a gallon of ice cream on my way home to my cottage yesterday where I was staying. I may have. <laughs> uh, it's weird. My brain's still kind of mush. Yeah. You want here, I'm going to go, we're going to check out here in a second, but I want to, I want to go totally off topic. So I'm in the shower tonight, right? Before this show, <laughs> before this show, Great. I don't know about you guys, but I, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm a little anal in the shower or weird, but like I always have the same system. All right. I wash my body with the soap, same arm first, then arm, then leg, then chest, then feet. And then I get done. I wash my hair. My I wash my head and my face. I'm a very quick showerer, like yes. five minutes or less. I'm out, but I'm, I, I think I clean myself, but it's, it's a pattern guys. All right. Do you guys have a pattern in the shower or do you really change it up every night? I'm, I take way longer than five minutes. I'm in there. No, that's fine. But is your is your shower like? Is it always this this the same pattern of what you're doing, job you're doing, or is it is it whatever you're thinking? You're like, oh, get this this uh, tick off down here and get the get this bruise up here. Is I it guess just it's circumstantial. I guess I guess it's dependent on you know if I just like go to work and then sit around all day, I'm going to spend less time in there than if I run a hundred miles, a <laughs> hundred miles through heavy bush where I have to check for ticks. So. What about you, John and, a and Amy? Do you have a system when you go in or is it just willy nilly? I probably actually have a system. I just don't think about it. Right? No, no, I know. Well, here's the thing. I don't think about it either, but I know I do the same thing every time I go in there. Right. Well, tonight, John, no comment, but I dropped the soap. 
<laughs> in the middle of my system, I dropped the soap and I picked the soap back up. I picked the soap back up and I had no idea what to do with myself because I just, I just messed up my pattern. I, I didn't know if I was halfway through my left arm. I didn't know if I just started my right arm. I'm serious. I didn't know what, where to begin or where I was going to end. Are and you it was still feel like you still run in a calorie deficit. Like what's going I, on? I don't know. So I want to roll for Christmas this year for this guy. So I, I basically started over from the beginning because I couldn't just jump right back in. It's a weird story, but I thought about it and I just had to share it. Makes perfect sense from you, Eric. <laughs> so I think things are a little like kooky up there still. I don't know why, man. <laughs> just start over, Eric, is what John Schaefer says. Well, that's exact, precisely what I did. I know there's people out there that do the same darn thing every night in the shower. I will argue this forever. You're right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we're going to finish up. This was our longest show yet, so I appreciate you uh, hanging in there. Well, thank, thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it, Eric. Absolutely. Hopefully, you guys can come back at some point and talk about other running stuff. But we appreciate you uh, being a part of the Running Mullet, and thanks for your time, and tell your friends and join in. Thanks for everybody else that joined in and commented. Um, we appreciate it. Marisa, go rest up. Eat all the ice cream. <laughs> you too, Eric. Congratulations. All right. See you guys. See you guys. See ya.